Hello and welcome to the Bread and Butter Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the bread and butter of all things Commander. My name is Spencer. I am joined, as always, by my two awesome co-hosts, Tyler. Hello. And Chandler. Yay. Today we are going to be um, talking about Chandler's Morophon Hugh Jackman's uh, Morophon Human Tribal. Yeah. What does that mean? Did you get it? The the Hugh... Humans, Hugh Jack, Jackmans. Yep, get it. yep. I like I it. it. Spicy, awesome. So, um, yeah. Uh, first of all, we want to uh, list off Morphon and its abilities. Um, Morphon is seven generic mana for a legendary creature shapeshifter. It has changeling, which means it is every creature type. And as Morphon, the Boundless enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Spells of the chosen type you cast cost Wooburg less to cast. This effect only reduces the amount of color mana you pay. And other creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. Well, now people are just going to like not listen because we already spoiled the biggest surprise of this entire podcast. Yeah. Like the first one where we did it 40 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we live and we learn. Yeah. But hey, if you're still around, we, we appreciate you We're guys. working out the kicks, so yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah, hanging yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. So Chandler, uh, what inspired more fun? Uh, well, I drew it out of a pack whenever I was... Uh, Really into wasting a lot of money on packs for no reason. <laughs> um, and I really, I haven't had anything that was uh, Wooburg or any really anything over a three cost or a three color um, commander. So I just wanted to build something that could use all of the colors. So that, and then um, just thought it'd be cool to have like a more tribally deck. I didn't have anything that was hyper tribal so tribal can be fun and i feel like when you were first starting to think of ideas uh we started just throwing all these cool tribes out and i Mm -hmm. was like humans have creatures in every color and a lot of great options you can just yeah and when we started looking into humans specifically because i was kind of between dragons and humans um but humans seem to have a lot of keywords and I really like that because I like uh, coming from like the Estra deck that I have, which is more Voltroni. I just like throw all the keywords onto one creature and swing big. This was like, well, there's a lot of humans that give these keywords to all of the other humans. So spicy. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a spicy deck. And speaking of how spicy it is, uh, what are some of your favorite win cons in the deck what are some of your favorite combos and synergies yeah so really like the my point of this deck is to to throw as many humans on the board as i can um and hopefully like in one turn and then swing real big that's kind of my main win con um there's some other things in there that that can turn some stuff around but my primary thing is like I want to get the widest board possible with the most evasion, uh, and then swing it and hope you can't deal with it. That's kind of the main thing. I don't really have many combos, I would say, other than the like the main combo that I 
try to get towards or mill towards um, or draw is like the Fist of Sons or um, what is the other one? Joda, Archmage, Eternal. Yep, the ones that say basically. Okay, let's just, let's read. Yeah, them read, out. Them, read them off there. I'll do uh, Fist, Fist of Sons is an artifact. It's three generic mana, and uh, you may pay Wooberg rather than pay the mana cost for spells that you cast. Yep. So with Morophon, whenever it's out, mm-hmm. uh, essentially Morophon and Fist of Sun cancel each other out for humans, so your humans just become free. Yep. And the last time we played, I remember, uh, <coughs> I was playing Sadisi for a throwback from last episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got was it? I think it was Fist of Suns. It wasn't Joda. Yeah, I got Fist of Suns out pretty early. But you also had uh, Chu Lane out. And Beast Whisperer. Mm-hmm. So he was able to just play free and draw, and it was just a big storm effect. But it's a really yeah. awesome combo, and we'll we'll probably delve more into the yeah. That's kind of the nuances. main like fun combo that I'm going towards, um, because it's just a potential of like almost getting your whole deck out on the board, which seems crazy, but it's possible if you get the right draw and the right. Uh, a couple cards out there. As long as I have kind of that free casting combo with the Fist of Sons or Joda, and then some kind of way to um, draw for casting creatures. There's several other. You, you mentioned the um, Chulain. There's also the Beast Whisperer, and I think there's one other one in here that I can't think of. Guardian uh, Project. Guardian Project. Yep. Other stuff like that that like basically helps that combo just keep getting bigger and bigger and and free casting. So, but yeah, that and then really that like more fun of like, even if I don't have that combo, I still have really cheap humans. So, um, and that was also another reason why I kind of went towards humans versus dragons was like, even if I don't have those pieces on the board and I just have more fun, a lot of the dragons are still four or five. Most of these humans are like, two or three. They're still kind of cost effective even without uh, more fun. So, Is there anything else we want to get into before we get into the bread of this deck? Um, not that I know of. Just really getting those keywords out. Getting 1-1 counters because like more fun does the 1-1 counters. There's Vanquisher's Banner and some other things to just like beef up the army that you've already got to put out there. Yeah, I've seen a lot of times where like you might just be playing a, a one or two mana two two human, mm-hmm. but with all of the anthems and just keywords and plus one counters, suddenly yep. that two mana uh, human is now like a five five with yep. flying and vigilance or yep. or trample and lifelink or something that right. And what's what's cool about it is that like I may have two or three of those little humans out and it doesn't get looked at very much because like, ah, it's not really doing a whole lot. They're not big. But then we get Fist of Sons or Joda out and that combo hits and it can be one turn and it just blows up and now I've got 15 humans on the board and haste and so I'm swinging like crazy. Yeah. And and one turn. And that's what's kind of the spicy strategy that I really like. And I've seen that happen a lot with this <laughs> yeah. deck for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we'll go ahead and get into the um, category. Uh, we're going to list off the lands here. 
Um, we have 37 lands. We have an Arcane Sanctum, a Blossoming Sands, Command Tower, Concealed Courtyard, Crumbling Necropolis, Evolving Wilds, Exotic Orchard, Three Forests, a Frontier Bivouac, Four Islands, an Isolated Chapel, a Jungle Shrine, Two Mountains, Mystic Monastery, Nomad Outpost, Opulent Palace, Four Plains, a Sandstep Citadel, Savage Lands, Scoured Barrens, Seaside Citadel, Two Swamps, a Tainted Wood, a Thornwood Falls, a Tranquil Cove, an Unclaimed Territory, and a Windscarred Crag. So, anything in the land base, it looks pretty... It's pretty standard. So, I'm actually running 37 lands is a little more than I tend to run. Um, But I just wanted to make sure I have all my colors uh, covered. Basically, I just looked up, like, what's all of my three-color lands? Buy those. Um, Yeah. And then I had some of the uh, two-color, like, tap lands already. And so... That was kind of a cost-effective thing for me. I think also just in this deck list, you can kind of see that it doesn't have a ton of ramp. Like it doesn't have a ton of sorceries, and yeah, uh, it has an okay uh, artifact ramp package. But like for the most part, this just helps kind of just solidify that you'll hit your colors, especially in a five-color deck. Yeah, it's pretty hard to. Yeah, it's really to hit the colors early so that <sighs> I can get some of those cheaper humans out early, just to kind of get myself on the board established before being able to get more fun out because I'm not I'm not trying to ramp super hard I'm trying to kind of stay low until that big moment of just like smackdown mm. when I have my pieces so having all my colors covered helps me not like draw into a bunch of stuff that I just can't cast because I don't have the right colors I think the only other thing to note is really that uh, you can definitely tell that this was kind of built when we were playing more budget because mm-hmm. we were playing with more budget friendly lands. Yeah. More tap lands. Mm-hmm. Slower. Some of the gain yeah. lands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gain of life lands. Yeah. So, I mean, we can, we could definitely in the future kind of refine the land base to make it a little more efficient, but it works. And it's not as um, pivotal in this deck as like some decks because more fun is colorless. And so I'm not like trying to hit a three-color land drop. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, and then I've noticed, I mean, especially in humans, a lot of humans um, might just be like two and a black or mm-hmm. one a white and a green or yep. one a blue and a black. Like yep. you're not having to get like, oh, I need to make sure I'm having triple white or, mm-hmm. you know, two white and a red exactly. or, yeah. you know, yeah. these obscure mana costs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really just kind of like, Got to make sure I have one of each yep. in my land base, and um, then we're and then we're pretty much we're good. good from there. Yeah, yeah. All right, I guess we'll uh, go off into artifacts. Uh, so there's ten artifacts in the deck. Uh, one is Arcane Signet, Chromatic Lantern, Commander Sphere, Dark Steel Plate, Fist of Suns, Herald's Horn, Icon Icon of Ancestry, Lightning Greaves, Soul Ring, and then Vanquisher's Banner. This is definitely more just like help with the mana base in, in the early game if I can get some of those artifacts, but um, that's just that's just some efficiency really. The the main things on the artifacts is the Fist of Suns, the Dark Steel Plate, just make sure I got some protection on Morphon because Morphon 
if he's not staying out there, the the deck's just not. It has a much harder time. Right, has a much harder time, much slower than it already is. And so the other stuff like Harold's Horn and Icon of Ancestry, stuff like that, the Vanquisher's Banner is just more pump for the rest of the the humans kind of thing. Get more counters, get get more value out of that. Yeah, and Harold's Horn, I mean, is it's just a it's just a boss card to have in any tribal mm-hmm. deck. I mean, the ability mm-hmm. to just get more cards and just more information from your deck, and everything costs one less. Yeah, it's same a- with Vanquisher's Banner. That's really solid, mm-hmm. especially with like a Fist of Suns. Just gives you that ability to just keep pumping out more Absolutely. and more and more. And Harold's Horn is really a really want it early game. Within yeah. the first couple hands or first couple turns, I I really want that out there because it makes Morphon one cheaper, which is huge. And then all those little guys that I'm already trying to just kind of set a decent board state helps them be cheaper too. Well, and every turn you've had it out, you're getting the value for yeah. looking at the top card and possibly yep. just drawing it for yep. free. So absolutely. But even later in the game, like just the ability to have one off. Like if if let's say your Fist of Suns and Joda are not are not available to you, just having that with more funds reduction is just it's just crazy value, mm-hmm. and it'll just help you just get more off. Yeah, absolutely. Let me to go through the enchantments real quick. Yeah, um, we have three enchantments. Yep. Yeah, etchings of the chosen, guardian project, and rhythm of the wild. Um, really, there's only three because I don't want to waste. Spots. I want <laughs> humans as many as I can get. Um, again, etchings of the chosen just to pump that get that one one counter um, is the main reason that guardian projects another one of those draw engines. And rhythm of the wild has actually come into play more than I thought it would because um, when you get into those combos of like okay I'm casting this for free then I'm drawing one it can be kind of hard to. Um, not hard, but like the only like fear in that is somebody interrupting that with some kind of sense of stuff. So that that uh, rhythm of the wild really stops that from being a problem a lot of times. If that makes sense. I would even say with etchings of the chosen. I mean, that activated ability mm-hmm. is is really useful and very overlooked a lot of the time. Yeah. Like the ability you might have a. Human that is lesser and more fun is being targeted, and mm-hmm. you have that ability to pay one, get rid of that one creature yep. to keep out your engine. Absolutely, I think, I think that's insane. Yeah. Protection definitely helps. Yeah, I think etchings of the chosen um, is a it has two great effects that you wouldn't just want on separate cards. But since it's packed onto one card, it's like, man, that just feels great. It is three mana. Three mana for a plus one, plus one to all of the chosen type and the sag effect is just... That gives you perfect removal uh, protection. It's great. Yeah, Feels good. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that removal is the biggest fear against this deck, 100%. I think we could just kind of group instance and sorcery since we only have two each. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> instance we have two. Yeah. There's Aldamari's Call and Hindering Light and then Sorceries we have two. It's Far Seek and Mass Appeal. Mm-hmm. Now why is Hindering Light in this deck? <laughs> um literally just the counter. Just 
it was my one, how do I explain it? Like, I feel weird if I don't have a counter in the deck. I know that sounds stupid, <laughs> but I've had so many times where I'm like, ah, oh, man, if I just had just had that counter. Now, it doesn't help a whole lot because there's not more than one, so it's really low chance of getting it. But it has come in into play. This was also one of those, because we're in budget, this was like, the counter that I had available that I didn't have to go and buy another counter. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because Dovin's Veto yeah. is a far better version of that. It is. It is. And, and now I have one and I should probably switch it. Yeah. But Or just a counter spell. Because like I, I I understand why. Yeah. And then getting a draw from it, like making sure that you're not just getting one mm-hmm. for something else, you're replenishing. Getting a little card. bit of value out of it. Yeah. It's funny because having just a random one-off counterspell often times can throw people out of their like game plan because they're like, you know, I'm going to hold open this one white mana so I can switch to plowshares more mm-hmm. fun. And yeah. then Chandler just so happens to have oh. a white and a blue open. <laughs> yep. And no one expected. Yeah. With 98 cards to have that one yeah. extra counterspell. Yeah. yeah. And it has happened where like I've used it to stop something crazy like that, like a board wipe or something, but it's yeah. funny. It's, it's just, just it's it, not super efficient, but it's kind of a gotcha. I, I yeah. think <laughs> I actually think I actually I mean, I know this is more of a deck tech, but like flawless maneuver in this deck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those effects that just make all your creatures indestructible, those cards yeah. would just be it would probably be more efficient, yes. They're more expensive swat. though. Yeah. Like flawless maneuvers like what, twenty bucks? Absolutely. Like uh, it's going a lot down. It's only like eight dollars. Deflecting SWAT, however, is like $32. Same with Fierce Guardianship. <laughs> yeah. Those cards are nuts. Very powerful. Yep. Cool. Um, I'll list off these two Planeswalkers real quick. You have Domri, Anarch of Bolas, and Nissa, Steward of Elements. Yeah. So Domri, I mean, this is also like, this is pretty synergistic. Um, but I don't know. I like the plus one the best. That's really why I got it. Was just to like, if I can get out early, then you can't counter my spells. Which is, again, as a creature centered deck, it kind of it, it can't hurt. So that and then the minus two ability has helped a lot with uh, getting rid of some other people's stuff that like you wouldn't expect it to deal with, if that makes sense. Like, I don't have a whole lot of removal in this deck. There's not any in, any other instance. So there's not really a way for me to deal with people's stuff as easily. And that's kind of an answer to, like, some creatures that have some weird wording or text on them. Yeah, Domri's cool, because it's almost like you have this... Again, it's almost like Etchings of the Chosen a little bit, where it's mm-hmm. like, you have all these nice little effects that you would never run if it was just an independent card. But yeah. since they're all stacked onto one planeswalker, it's just like my creatures get plus one plus zero, my creatures can't get countered, and I get a mana. Yep. And then I also have a fight effect if I need it. Like And it's yeah. three mana. And it's, it's three mana. Like cheap. It's great. It's yeah. it's three things that you want all tacked on one. We're all about three mana on the bread and butter podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's this is kind of the opposite of a lot of my decks where a lot of my decks are like most of the cards cost a lot. This is uh, humans and then cheap everything else. Yeah. So it's a different play style than what I'm used to in that regard. Um, 
And then Nissa has some spicy, some spicy wording. Um, do we want to read that or? Yeah, sure. I'll, res- I'll read off Nissa's through developments. She is X, a green and a blue for the legendary planeswalker Nissa. She enters the battlefield with X loyalty. She has a plus two that says scry two. And then she has a zero ability that says, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card or a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters on Nissa, you may put it onto the battlefield. And a minus six, untap two target lands you control. They become five, five elemental creature tokens with flying and haste until the end of turn. They are still lands. Yeah, so not as efficient. Everything doesn't work. Like the the minus ability is not really worth it. Um, I think it's mainly just the like scry ability and the basically the value comes in the zero ability of like, well, I'm gonna have a land or a creature most likely. Because there's what forty three creatures and thirty seven lands, yeah. So it's really highly likely that I'm going to hit one of those, and they just come out on the battlefield. That's value for sure. Maybe not the like most efficient value, but it's value. Yeah, I mean, again, it's in the context of we were playing budget earlier. Yep, you were just trying to find things I'm, that I'm pretty sure I drew it out of a pack too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was really big into that at one point. <laughs> well, and and just. I feel like not every deck needs a planeswalker, but mm. sometimes it just feels it feels great to play planeswalkers. Yes, yeah. because they use they have some unique abilities mm-hmm. that you can't just get on your. But also with a creature deck, like uh, most likely people are going to be focused on the other stuff. So you're always going to have that ability of like it's going to be that sleeper card that just sits there, mm-hmm. c- accumulates value, and if they want to remove it, you're like, all right. I mean, this is kind of is it was in there just for pseudo value, mm-hmm. yeah, and it'll probably give more dividends than the person who's like, oh, I mean, you're playing a human tribal deck and you have Nissa. All right, well, yeah, he's not going to get much out of it, and you might get two to three lands or creatures, mm-hmm. and you're like, yep, holy crap. Yeah, and if you put enough X's on there, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a good. Point. Well, Why did an archetype of imagination just pop out of nowhere? Right, and with most of the creatures not being super expensive it's really likely that I'm going to hit something that is cheaper. Yeah. So it's kind of like just hitting a, a free spell every turn, really. Mm-hmm. Potentially, yep. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone everyone to get ready to stretch. We're about Big to get into creatures. list. Yep. 43 creatures. You want to take half of these and I'll take the other half? Sure. All right. All right, so there's 43 creatures. Uh... It starts off with Academy Elite, Aegis of the Gods, Alicia Who Smiles at Death, Anafenza the Foremost, Angel of Glory's Rise, Ingress Marauders, Archetype of, Archetype of Aggression, Archetype of Courage, Archetype of Imagination, Baird Steward of Archive, Beast Whisperer, Champion of Lampold, Chulane Teller of Tales, Daxos of Miletus, Descendant of Soramaru, Devout Chaplain, Disciple of Bolas, Dragon Master Outcast, Fathom Mage, Garner the Blood Flame, Gerard Weatherlight Hero, Grim Harispex. You want to get the rest? 
We have Hostage Taker, Joda, Archmage Eternal, Juniper Order Ranger, Magus of the Wheel, Marchesa the Black Rose, Massacre Girl, Mariki Rebarrett, Metallic Mimic, Mother of Runes, Notion Thief, Audric Lunark Marshal, Ardric Master Tactician, Orzov Advocist, Samet Voice of Descent, Saskia the Unyielding, Sagarda Heron's Grace, Surak Dragon Claw, Taranika Akroan Veteran, Dahlia's Lieutenant, Dahlia Heretic Cathar, and Vela the Nightclad. That's a lot of creatures. That's a hefty That's amount of creatures. A lot of creatures. That's a lot of Hugh Jackmans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. There's <laughs> there's one that came out to me yeah. <laughs> really quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, let me find it. Keep going. Yeah. Like, honestly, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that guy's in there. It's because I haven't. There's some that I haven't got to play a whole lot, but. Figure out which one stuck out to you yet. Oh, I thought it was a different card. I was as Dragon Master Outcast. I thought it was the one that was uh, reducing dragons, and I was like, I get it because Morphon's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> You're like throwing them off. Yeah, but no, that that's a solid card. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is a solid list of humans. I mean, yeah, I think the cool part is that most of them do something different. It's not just a bunch of the same thing over and over again. Um, especially with like the, all the archetypes, there is kind of a a theme of like I've got most of the archetypes that are humans. Um, you know the Ordix, you've got the Thalias. It's just part of it is I drew them, some of them in packs. That's why some of them are in there, but a lot of them are just different keywords, yeah, and different uh, tap abilities and stuff like that to get value or keep that uh, chain going. So I think there's only one non-human creature, which is Beast Whisperer. Yeah, and that's purely just the card draw. Yeah, it's two and two green. It says whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Yep. Which, I mean, I would throw it in there. I mean, it kind of looks like a human. I mean, he's wearing that hood. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't see his ears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just get that. Fist of Sons or the Joda out and the Beast Whisperer, and it's just a vicious cycle of throwing down some free humans. Well, and it's cool. You have, I mean, with 43 creatures, it seems like a lot, but like you said, some of them have just very unique effects that, um, since they're humans and they're so varied, you mm-hmm. can really kind of pull out this sudden strategy that people mm-hmm. might not have expected. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of them is uh, Massacre Girl, which is kind of weird. But that is like one of those that like most of the time I probably don't want to play it. But if there's a situation where I need to like blow some stuff up, maybe she comes in handy. Yeah. It just is a lot of them are kind of situational in that sense of like, I don't know where I'd use it sometimes, but there's times where that has come in handy. For those who do not know what Massacre Girl Girl does, she's three and two black. Uh, She has Menace. She's a 4-4, and when she enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Right. So, like, most of the time, I'm not going to want to board wipe myself. Um, But if somebody's got, like, 
80 thopters on the board or like, you know, there's a bunch of little sapperlings or something. You play that, kills all those sapperlings, then it ends up wiping everything out because yeah, you've wiped out 80 sapperlings. So now everybody's a minus 80, minus 80. So pseudo board wipe type thing. Well, then you have, I mean, with, with Massacre Girl, you also have little interactions with like Garna the Blood Flame where you could wipe the board. Mm-hmm. And then just play her. And then uh, Garna has three and a black and a red. Mm-hmm. She has flash. Whenever Garna the Bloodflame enters the battlefield, return your, to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put put there yeah. from anywhere this turn. Where Absolutely. You can, so you board wipe and then provide. get everything back that you had. Yeah. Be on top. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, the just looking over... Um, your deck list now. I, I mean, seen you deck the. I've seen you play the deck a lot, but looking at the deck list now, it's it's kind of cool to see how you you just have like a bunch of like. Uh, I, I picture it as like you have a bunch of little tools on your pocket knife mm-hmm. that is Morophon. Yeah, and then you can just pull out all these humans. That's like, oh, I just so happened to draw the archetype of imagination. So now all my creatures are unblockable mm-hmm. and. Um, or maybe I drew Ongroth's Marauders, and suddenly I can kill somebody. Like, it, yeah. or you play both of them. Or you yeah. play both of them, <laughs> win the game, yeah. which unblockable double damage. Yeah, yeah like yep. it's cool to see. And I feel again, it, it's almost kind of that first thing we pointed out with like etchings of the chosen. A lot of these are just cool individual effects that stack up, mm-hmm. that suddenly become a very powerful tool that is, uh, you know, hard yeah. to hard to both dismantle and defend against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's been many times we play and you play their Joda or Fist of Sun and everyone is clenching their butt cheeks and just, <laughs> just hoping. Does yeah. it end now or, hoping or do we have another shot? The next three cards you draw with two lane beast whisper and uh, every other draw effect on the deck. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, all right, there's another one. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. looking, do you, do you have path of exile? Do you, do you have swords of pleasure? Yeah. And then you're just looking, does he have a haste enabler? Oh, he's got three out. All right, yeah. this yeah. game's over. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming out. Yeah, uh, I will retract one of my statements. There's actually two non-humans. There's also Angel of Glory's Rise, which is five and two white. She's a four-six angel of flying, and she says whenever she enters the battlefield, exile all zombies, then return all human creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Right. So the <laughs> <laughs> this one was purely a. Uh, we play against a lot of zombie decks. Oh, really? And so what? I was like, how do I deal with somebody who's going really wide with zombies? It was really, it shouldn't be, like if anybody's going to build more fun humans, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be in there. Um, this was just like a, this is our play group. This is my answer to some of those types of things. But in a sense, it has a, a very powerful effect to mm-hmm. get all your humans, humans back. back. Yeah. That's kind of like insurance mm-hmm. later on if you've just right. I can hold on to it. Yeah, you've been wiped, board wiped once or twice. And you've mm-hmm. been burned out of all your cards. Draw an angel of glory's rise and slap them all back onto the battlefield. Yep, that feels yeah. Pretty good. There's also, but like, there's also options like patriarch's bidding. Now that's a very uh, affordable card. Mm. And twilight's mm. calling. Those kind of cards also do the same effect. But True. I mean, this one, I don't know, two white pips and a five color. Yeah, it's especially expensive. especially like more sure. fun makes that a little more uh, easy to like deal with when it's a human because he's reducing at least one of them. 
Yeah. If yeah, if it was just human of glory's rise, it would be right. extra <laughs> butter. Yeah. Extra yeah. butter. That's yeah. butter. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of butter, I think we can transition into this whatever the, what's the, the flavor, flavor of the of the, of the, the deck. deck. Yeah. Really, like we said, because it's so varied, the butter is like kind of constant where I'm like, there's sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this is in there. And I have to remind myself like, what does this do? Like uh, Mariki, Re, Barry, whatever her name is. It's such a weird card, but it has some cool effects. So there's a lot of butter in that sense of like, everything is interesting. But what I find like fun, the flavor for me is that like, is the theme of the deck is the like kind of the bread of the deck of like, Hey, I want to cast a bunch of stuff for free and swing wide. Yeah. And Samut has really come in handy with those is whenever (laughs) I can get that combo and then just, Oh, now I get to swing all those people immediately. That's a really good feeling. Yeah, I know it's probably not so great for no, it's, everybody else. I think it's necessary, right? But, like, yeah, for for a deck that's trying to go wide in mm-hmm. one turn, those haste enablers are essentially the final combo. If yeah. like, if you were talking about like a combo piece, you need that third mm-hmm. spot. Haste provides you that outlet to actually yeah. do it. So yeah, the, like the so I guess the flavors would be those those drastic um, keyword changes that kind of change a a big board to being like a scary big board. So like that the haste enablers, the um archetypes, basically all of those. Um yeah. like the archetype of aggression is the trampoly one. Um and then the like Angrath's Marauders is in a couple of my decks, but just a game changer when you double your power. Yeah. It and just makes everything scary. It's really effective because it's a human, like mm-hmm. that ability for it to play into the synergy, it just makes makes it way more effective than just having it as a double a damage doubler. Yeah. Well, and it's great uh, on Grass Marauders because it's asymmetrical. It only counts your board having mm-hmm. double damage, all mm-hmm. of your sources dealing yeah, double right. damage, and then having it tacked onto a human body is super relevant too. Yeah. So it's just bread and butter tacked onto one mm-hmm. card. That's great. I mean, Spencer kind of tacked onto this. Like your your humans list is very like tool beltish, where mm-hmm. they're all doing this little utility. But there's there's three that <clears throat> really kind of stick out to me as like these little unique things that really provide you a lot of utility and like low key power. That if people aren't careful, it can win you the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think devout chaplain. It's two and a white. It's a human cleric 2-2 that you tap it and tap two untapped humans you control to exile target artifact or enchantment. Yeah. That ability to exile an artifact or enchantment is just super useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then second would be uh, Champion of Lamholt, where it's one and two green creatures with power less than Champion of Lamholt can't block creatures you control. It says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one on Champion of Lamholt. Which, yeah. when you're storming off, I mean, mm-hmm. you can easily get her above anything that can be unblockable. Yep. And that's just another way of you being able to just get in there without having to Any, like, uh, have some sort of keyword. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I got a deck on her, you got a deck on her. Marchesa the Black Rose is just yeah, such it. a great card. And it just 
even in this deck, even the few times you'd be able to pull them out, it just makes mm-hmm. such a huge difference to have this ability of recursion. Yeah, it adds that like my board sticks around when it doesn't normally lend itself to that. Yeah, Marchesa the Black Rose says she's one blue, black, and red. Uh, she has dethrone, and other other creatures you control have dethrone, and then. She says, whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter dies, turn that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Yes, very spicy combat. Yeah. Um, and we, we may do a deck tech on our different uh, Marchesa decks at some point, but... I believe, spoiler alert, I think that's the one we'll do next. Ooh, That'll yeah. be mine. I'm looking forward to both of those. Those are yeah. sweet decks, man. Yeah. Marchesa, so oh, what a sweet commander, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super good. Um, the couple of cards that stick out to me that I love is uh, Audric Master Tactician, Woo. first of all, and the second one being... I uh, just lost it. Um, the Alesha, Who Smiles at Death. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those cards are fantastic combat tricky um, legends. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Audric Master Tactician is two and two white for a legendary creature human soldier. Has first strike. And whenever Audric Master Tactician and at least three other creatures attack, you choose which creatures block this combat and how those creatures block. He's a three, four. Yep. Uh, that can, just like Archetype of Imagination or mm-hmm. the... Um, Champion of Lamholt can just yeah, you can't block be unblockable yep. or mm-hmm. I can first strike your you know important creature you got out right that's what I think yeah like makes Ordic Master Tactician stand out is that like if it has that same effect of being uh, kind of like unblockable but being able to remove something in a deck that has no instants or sorceries really that make a difference like removal makes a difference. Kind of like the one that uh, Tyler pointed out of like getting rid of artifacts and stuff. Having those abilities on humans is really cool. And then Alesha, who smiles at death, is very, very popular Mardu uh, legend. She is, or sorry, they are two and a red for a legendary human warrior. Has first strike, it's a 3-2. And whenever Alesha, who smiles at death, attacks, you may pay hybrid white black hybrid white black if you do return target creature card with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking yeah so lots of they're a very chandler card mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure yeah um gets gets in the attack step brings back stuff mm-hmm. it's nice it's just value yeah it's cheap it's efficient absolutely and it's a commander that's used on its own and just adds it's like mm-hmm. marchesa all these cards that you would see as commanders are now like just useful tools that can just be brought right. out at any moment. Right. You Which, almost have commander, uh, commander tribal yeah. as a sub theme. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and as you're going to find out in the theme of this show, I have another creature uh, that is also non-human that uh, I, when you have 43 creatures, it's really easy to, there needs to be a sorting mechanism untapped out yeah. about if it's a, what creature type it is. But Sagarda Heron's grace is three, a green and a white flying four or five angel and says you and humans, you ha- c- 
control have hex proof. And you can pay two, exile card from your graveyard, put a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token onto the battlefield. Yep, another angel that uh, aids humans. Just looking out Just, for us, you yep. know. It's keeping us alive. Good but, stuff. One uh, card that I didn't, like probably doesn't synergize as well, but as like an interesting tool is Daxos of Miletus. No, no, I don't know how you say it. but Miletus, yeah. Um, it's just a fun one to me, um, and that's kind of why I put it in here. It was uh, in one of my pre-cons, and I liked it in that, so I put it in here. Uh, but it's a, it's one white and a blue. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Daxos can't be blocked by creatures with power 3 or greater, so that's a little bit more evasion. But the bigger thing is whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you exile the top card of that player's library and gain life equal to that card's converted mana cost. Until the end of turn, you may cast that card, and you can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. So this was just a unique thing to, like, maybe if I'm playing against somebody who has some really big beaters, kind of like I would normally play, uh, get in there under them, maybe get to play something big, and have a kind of a way to play somebody else's deck is spicy to me. Yeah, Taxos is such a funny form of card advantage mm-hmm. tacked onto an Azorius creature like <laughs> yeah. that has a red effect on it. It's very mm-hmm. very interesting, but in the times in the time it the times he's usually on the table and just kind of incidentally gaining you some value mm-hmm. really adds up over time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like that same like thing that happens where someone steals your card off the top or from your hand. It's very similar to Mill where you're just like, mm-hmm. you're taking stuff away from me. So yeah. it's almost that like, oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're just, you yeah. just kind of grind your teeth at slightly Texas annoying Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'll say one game changer in this deck uh, that's a little bit of flavor is Magus of the Wheel. It's really more of that situational of like, Oh crap! I'm out of cards. I need more cards to play to get these combos going. Um, or it can be really what I've probably caught myself using it more as is against somebody else. Like I may like my hand, but I don't like my hand more than I don't like Tyler having thirty cards in his hand. That kind of thing. <laughs> Guilty. Um, theme, yeah. So <laughs> it's a interesting like advantage. For yeah, both sides. Yeah, it, it having the wheel of fortune effect is pretty relevant and, and disrupting other people mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and it's a human, so it's going to gain benefit from every piece of uh, yeah. pump and every little anthem effect that is going to project it. So it can just be a beater as well mm-hmm. that can possibly be utility to where you sack and draw seven cards from it. Mm-hmm. And I'll say of my experience just playing across the table from this deck over and over is um, it it looks very like battle cruisery, but it seldom plays that way mm. because, like we said before, humans are cheap. They're usually efficient. They give you nice little effects mm-hmm. that when you can stack them up and just start turning them out. Yeah, it suddenly becomes like a oh gosh, like I can't block. He's got first strike. He's drawing cards. 
he's you know he's defending himself it's it's a lot of stacked up effects that suddenly become like well we're looking for a board wipe mm-hmm. yeah I, well, I think what makes it fun for me to play is that because there's so much variety in the tools of the little of the different humans like there's not a lot of times where you play it where you get the same exact cards out at the same time mm. you know what I mean like it's not a combo deck where you're like I gotta get these same four cards out at you know turn four or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not really looking for that. Um, it makes it interesting because each round is different, slightly different. Even though I'm trying to do the same thing, like I know I want to get the Fist of Suns and the Joda out, but I may have two or three different tools at one point. Where like the next game I play with him, I'm not gonna have that. Yeah, that is cool. You get a lot of replay value because it's never the same gameplay twice. Right. Right. My goal was the same, but I'm not going to get there in the same amount of time or the the same exact cards every time. Yeah. And Aetherize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bane of my existence. So is there anything else we want to talk about? I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, that's more fun humans. More fun humans. Hugh Jackman's fun deck. Alrighty. Well, it's the greatest show. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way to do so is to email us at bnbpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. And we are Bread and Butter. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.